Hi. Hi. <laughs> and welcome to this week's edition of Extra Sugar. In episode 10, which we renamed Old Widow Shively, we, <laughs> we were treated to a delightful Suzanne Mary Jo team up to find Mary Jo a man. Mm. That's all I could think the whole episode. Find a man. Find me a man. That's right. Uh, I'm, a, I'm about to... Uh, about to pop this thing off. Ooh. I'm about to get started. <laughs> but before I do, uh, I just want to say, Nikki, as always, be the ear, the eyes, the body of the audience. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. So, but if you have questions along the way. Yes, I can do that. Okay. Yeah. You just let me know. Will do. Okay. So like the thing is the dating landscape may have changed tactically over the years, but I think this one remains highly relatable for a few reasons that I want to cover today. One, we really like to scare women about being alone. Classic. We name episodes Old Widow Shively. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of douchebags over here, you know. And then number two, we really like to sell them a solution. Sometimes in the form of dating guides. Mm -hmm, It's explicitly mm -hmm. talked about in the episode, but I thought that was very poignant. And like I said, still relatable today. But let's start with that first piece, the big scare. We've talked about this before, way back in season one, episode five. So you can go back and listen to us discuss this then as well, but it bears repeating. And that's at the time uh, the show talked about an infamous Newsweek article from June of 1986 that basically said any woman over age 30 has very little chance of getting married. Specifically, they were referencing white college-educated women who were 30 and still single, and that they only had a 20% chance of marrying. By 35, which is the group that Mary Jo's in, the odds dropped to 5%. 40-year-olds are more likely to be killed by a terrorist, which is 2.6%. At the time, just as a reminder as well, even the researchers came out saying that there were their work was being wildly and widely misinterpreted, it would take 20 years for Newsweek to officially retract the article. Mm -hmm. And so that was another thing that we discussed. At the end of this week's episode, Julia is reading from a real New York Times article published less than a month before this aired on November 11th, 1989, which blows my mind. That's how closely... They were still doing these episodes. I'm telling you, when I'm like squealing into the finish line on my show notes for the podcast, I'm like sweating it. I can't imagine having a show that like millions and millions of people are watching. Right. And so anyways, I can't believe how tight that schedule was. But here's what... um, Almost like it's their job. (laughs) Almost. Here's what we read as a reminder. Right now, my colleagues and I don't know whether we can stand behind our results or whether they warrant alteration or what have you. And this was Neil G. Bennett, who was a sociologist at Yale University. The Reader's Digest version on this is that the study authors published a revised paper at that time in 1989 with a revised model, which made it impossible to recalculate the marriage probability stats. And this was to the chagrin of many outside of academic circles. We'll drop the link in the show notes and blog posts for those who want the full scoop. For me, there are two walkaways here. Number one, This show likely had a pretty female-heavy fan base, and I think it's pretty special that LBT and or Pam Norris, whatever, whoever's really in charge of these things, that they took the time to work this into the script. Because what Julia says is right. The media does irresponsibly report things and then half-heartedly or half-assedly, depending on how you feel, sweep those things back under the rug. 
So women everywhere are rattled by these findings, but they never really get to hear that first, these data never should have been reported until they'd gone through peer review, and secondly, that their initial calculations were flawed. So that's number one. My second walk away, it's too late. Much like the New York Times article says at the time, the damage is done. No one is going to remember the time researchers had to revise their statistical model, but the chances you'll hear these flawed data repeated are super high. You know, that was something else we discussed at the time. Like it, this stat would just like get picked up like in pop culture and have a moment again and again and again. So let's talk about the solution that they're selling both to Mary Jo and the show and to a lot of people. And I suspect a lot of women. Here's what Julia had to say about the book that Mary Jo bought called Power Dating. Give me just a second here. All right. I can tell you what it says. It says what they all say. Hey, all you single women, there's something really wrong with you. Do as we say or die alone. It's just a bunch of clever publishers preying on women's insecurities. I don't see a lot of men running out to buy How to Please a Woman. Where is the book, The Men Who Love Too Much? I think some of these lines were cut, by the way. Mm. Uh, That would be in science fiction, Julia. That's from Mary Jo. I mean, let's face it. Men don't have to read books. You remember what the survey said. There are more of us than there are of them. So it's just a big game of musical chairs. And frankly, Julia, we're running out of chairs. So I actually looked into power dating to see if that was real. And as far as I can tell, there wasn't a book at the time by this name. In 1993, there is one that comes out by that name, but it was written for men and, and basically to help them find the confidence to have unlimited success with women, which to me almost kind of translated to, to something else. That's okay. Uh. Uh, the book in the episode might have been a fake, but self-help type dating books are certainly not. So here's just a few that I found online. <laughs> The rules, not your mother's rules. The new secrets for dating. Men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Women who love too much. How to not die alone. He's just not that into you. Act like a lady. Think like a man. Get the guy. How to find, attract, and keep your ideal mate. Why men love bitches. Why men marry bitches. Men don't love women like you. The brutal truth about dating relationships and how to go from placeholder to game changer. (sighs) So, there's no shortage there. And they're, some of them are, like, disguised as empowering books. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when How to uh, – he's just not that into you. I remember mm-hmm. that book, and I remember it sort of thinking it was this empowering, like, take the power back. Like, know when he doesn't care about you. But it's really all not the same thing. He it's, got its own movie. Yeah, it, it was not a good movie. And I'd love a movie like that. It was not a good one. Ah, so according to an Insider article that I found, we've been serving up dating advice to women for at least 170 years. Of note, this is pretty heterocentric, but I'm mining content from a really long time ago. So that's not exactly surprising. But here are some of my favorite examples. Again, from this Insider article that sort of pulled together this whole list. In the William Josephus classic... Josephus. <laughs> I can't. Anyways, woman, her sex, and love life. This is 1927. That the underwear should be spotlessly clean goes without saying, but every woman should wear the best quality underwear that she can afford. And the color should preferably be pink, 
and lace and ruffles. I am sorry to say, add to the attractiveness of underwear and are liked by the average man. That seems normal, right? Mm. Uh-huh. And then we get two great tidbits from a 1938 news article. Also, I just want to say that it's almost entirely surprising that a man was talking about women's underwear in 1927. Because, like, that feels so beyond the pale. That's you like- said sex, and I got confused. <laughs> so I didn't make it very far before. I was like, oh, what a weird. Also, Josephus. Just, well, I was going to make a joke about two first names, and I, I held myself back. I, I changed my name to Josephus. It's just so good. Um, what if it's pronounced like Josephus? <laughs> it's like, might be worse. You know? <laughs> so there was also two great tidbits from a 1938 news article. This is the first quote. Drinking may make some girls seem clever, but most get silly. The last straw is to pass out from too much liquor. Chances are your date will never call you again. And then the second quote. Good tip. Yep, thanks. Hot tip. The second one is, careless women never appear to appeal to gentlemen. Don't talk while dancing, for when a man dances, he wants to dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Stop talking. I want to dance. So good. I got the fever in my shoes. (laughs) What? Can't be held back. Oh my God. She was like, Well, I was going to sleep with you, but go ahead You're and keep dancing. Let's <laughs> keep dancing. Um, Insider also included a 1958 McCall's article called 129 Ways to Get a Husband, which got some attention about five years ago because <laughs> it winds up resurfacing on social media. As it does. Uh, absolutely. So everybody's favorite tip seems to be, that's T-I-P, to stand it. in a corner and cry softly so that he'll come to ask you what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just I do that sometimes at all. <laughs> Just to see if anybody Does notices anybody the dog, the kids. Like, so lunch is soon? Or, <laughs> or like, maybe you try that in a meeting. Yes. Softly. You know, they definitely won't care. <laughs> Get it Nikki, are you listening? <laughs> I have assignments for you. Oh, but I think my favorite were in the section called um, How to Look Good to Him, which included these gems. Take care of your health because men don't like girls who are ill. (laughs) (laughs) This is not really funny. Me neither. I can't help it. I don't like ill people. Oh, yeah. You're out of here. Terrible. Get out. Caregiver. Use the ashtray. Don't use coffee cups to crush out cigarettes. Oh, God. That's very specific. (laughs) You trash. (laughs) Use an ashtray, you Neanderthal. Don't take a job in a company largely run by women. I thought it was kind of progressive at first because I thought one of the tips said, go to medical, dental, or law school. That's fantastic. No, that's just where the men are. Yeah. No, get a job in one of those places so you can meet a man. Got it. I'm also almost sure, like thinking about in in this week's episode when we talked about the three places they wind up going to meet a man Uh and you updated those references, I'm almost sure that this article also included a tip to read the obituary (laughs) because you never know when someone is going to be widowed. What? I couldn't tell at some points whether they were being facetious or not. So maybe we should take it with a grain of salt, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So, but we're going to link to Nikki is going to link as she doesn't mind to all 129 ways. I read all of them and they're 
all worth reading. I'm still laughing at crying softly in the corner. <laughs> hey, it was a favorite. That was my favorite tip. It came up over and over again. All right. So, but what about the 80s? You know, I kept looking around in that time period for some kind of dating guide for women that might have sparked LBT and or Pam Norris's and or both's interest. I never found a direct comp. In fact, all I could find was a book for teen girls, um, thinly veiled title, How to Be Popular with Boys. Teenage girls? Teenage girls. So, so I shrugged it off. Why are our kids so messed up? I don't because know. of crap like that. Right. So I shrugged it off because it didn't feel relevant. Like these are grown women. But the more I thought about it, the more relevant it felt. So the book was released in 84 and it was informing or training a generation of young women on how to think a certain way. I was able to get snippets from this BuzzFeed article making fun of it. So in full disclosure... <laughs> They Perfect. are bringing a specific tone to the table. Nevertheless, here are some points readers would have found at the time. Please feel free to react at any time, Nikki. Boys may be rough and tough. They may chug beer and make a contest out of who can belch the loudest, but they aren't attracted to girls who act crudely. In fact, most boys I know won't go out with a girl who's not a lady. This book is for teenagers and they're chugging beer. Mm. Let me be clear. <laughs> I was chugging beer as a teenager, <laughs> but I didn't know we just like put it out there in books. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like, it's like something that like we all know that a lot of teens do, but you're not like, hey, go chug beer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Anyways, mm -hmm. that's what hit me on that one. Mm -hmm. It was the wrong thing, really. So <laughs> all the other stuff is so stupid. I just went past that. What I'm processing is mm -hmm. sort of semi-related, but putting it in my generation, um, in our, Tell me about your generation. Our generation. Um, you don't remember like the pick me girls from like when you were in early college and late high school, the girls who aren't like all the other girls, the girls who like, I drink beer. I don't even like vodka. It's so gross. I love beer or like, oh, I was going to wear heels tonight, but I wasn't sure. Cause I love doing races in the middle of the streets. So I wasn't sure if like you wanted to race me because I'm not like other girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you ever know any of these girls? I always wore high heels, but that first thing really resonates. There, there was like a specific genre of girl that mm -hmm. wasn't like other girls. And she would show up all the time, like right next to the guy, showing all the ways she's more like them. Mm -hmm. So what I was processing as you were saying that is maybe there was sort of a, a whiplash to that, or maybe even at the time they were writing this book, there were still girls like that. But there is some subsegment of girls that think that's an actual tact to get men is the opposite of what you said. Mm -hmm. So act more like them because they'll be a They'll find that appealing. That's so funny. Yeah, I think so. When I um, took some uh, feminist courses in college, I realized that I was a female chauvinist pig <laughs> because I would often say things to be one of the boys. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point, like, I, it was not a tactic to get a guy because let me tell you, if it was, it didn't work very well. Mm -hmm. um, I was just one of the guys. What I'm talking about is a girl who's. Very much not. Yeah. Uh, but she positions herself. There's one person in particular, like I can see her in my head. Every, Megan, go on. <laughs> every <know>. situation <laughs> where there was a guy in the room, I know she that. would be yeah, right next sure. to them. Like, oh my God, I thought so-and-so was going to win the basketball game this week. But you know, I hadn't refreshed my ESPN app yet. Yeah. Always like that. <laughs> Always sure. like that. That's funny. Um, Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, it's, it's just making me think about, um, now I'm classifying a lot of people in my head from high school. Okay. So be wary of an overtly aggressive gesture that might threaten a boy's sense of masculinity of him being the one in control. They're fragile. 
They're um, fragile. They're fragile creatures. They are. We got to be gentle. So gentle. So by letting a guy make the big moves, you'll be doing wonders for his ego. When his ego's feeling fine, your life will be brighter too. It's just frustrating. It's like not about the reader at all, you know? And then this one actually makes me wonder if LVT wasn't looking at it or Pam Norris. So <laughs> if your school, I legitimately can't remember. So I'm going to continue to say both names. Um, if your school offers courses in woodshop or auto mechanics, take them. Do you know these classes are 99% male? You'll have to beat back the scores of boys who will want to help you find their carburetor or change the blade on a saw. It'll lead to a dramatic improvement improvement in your social life for sure are they trying to get these little girls laid that's what it sounds like to me carburetor sounds like a euphemism that's at all a, i'm saying at a minimum my car would be in good shape so it kind of seems like maybe something good and comes out of it laid by all the 99 percent males in the class and the one pick me girl i just so not like the rest of them i love working on cars love it I'm always working on cars. What do you think I'm doing after you leave today? I just got to go get that under that hood. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um, It's like 18 layers of jokes there, guys. Yep. If you get it. And finally, one that might have began filling the STEM gap, if you will. If you enroll at a college during the normal school year, you can meet older boys who are part-time or evening students. Take accounting, economics, biology, or calculus. The ratio of males to females is always in your favor when you take math and science courses. Gross. (laughs) Gross. (sighs) Gross. It's make, it, you feel skeeved out, don't you? Like, there's so many layers. And to what that did to an entire generation of women, if they really were truly reading that. So, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, I don't like that. I've made Nikki sad. I don't like that. All right, so look, I get it. Of course, people seek guidance on dating. We seek guidance on everything. That's why the uh, X for Dummies line of books exists. I thought you, you know? were going to say that's why the, the Google <laughs> exists. That's how the videos exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is she going? That's why encyclopedias exist. I love a good encyclopedia. <laughs> um, so I'm not an expert by any means. I mean, I will tell you that. Over and over, not on I don't know dating, you're married. Not on anything. That's expert level dating. I guess. There does appear to be some evolution in the genre. Uh, because like I did a lot of looking around. It's not like I had time to read them all, but I did try and read the different summaries and see like, what are we really talking about here? And I did see that there are a lot more dating books for men and they weren't exclusively these how to get laid manuals, you know, because there's definitely those out there. I also saw titles and book summaries that at least indicated a more empowering and progressive narrative for readers. They're not all just um, like for straight people. Like, you know, there is some LGBTQ inclusiveness happening. Um, You do you. But my take is this. If someone were to ask me what to be on the lookout for, I would steer clear of anything that asks readers to unreasonably change for someone, to mask or hide who you really are just to fit someone else. And I don't mean if it tells you, like, stop smoking. They're right. You should stop that. Don't do that. It's bad. Okay? Speaking as a former smoker, don't do it. But if it's like, 
don't be funny. Men don't like humor from women. Yeah, you need to be really suspicious of that because that's a little strange. So where can people get trustworthy advice? Oh, Lord, I don't know. I'm the one to give dating advice. That's for sure. I never really was someone who dated. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) And I've been with Casey since before dating apps were like a thing because I'm also old on top of everything else. So I've never personally navigated the online dating world. But many of us have that friend, you know, the friend with the good advice. And so seek seek them out. (laughs) I'm trying my whole life to meet them. Where are they? (laughs) I need you. Um, (laughs) Even if this person is not a serial dater, a wise person can be wise in many things. You're going to say serial killer. (laughs) Serial killers give the best dating (laughs) advice. Dark. A lot of layers of darkness that to that is one. is <laughs> very dark. All right, so therapists are also an option for serial killers, people <laughs> looking for dating advice, all of the things. My personal take is that a healthy relationship starts with a healthy you. Self-work can lead to that. And the therapist can give you tools to be a better partner. And if you don't have insurance, the good thing about today is that you can seek out really smart people for free. They're online. The world renowned, there are world renowned therapists. There are people who are experts in relationships and they, you know, they write articles, they appear on podcasts. So their advice may not be tailored to your specific situation, but I think you can get good nuggets just from doing things like that. With that in mind, we'll link to a Mashable article that looks at 10 best places to find dating, sex, and relationship advice. I definitely saw a few of the dating guides there that I mentioned at the top. So use your best judgment if you go that route. For a long time, women were taught that marriage and children were their currency. And these can be two really beautiful parts of life. But they are parts and not the whole We are so much more than what the world has told us that we are. And if you want to be married, be married. If you want to be single, be single. Date if you want to date, kids, no kids, whatever. I think the point is that there should be options. No one should feel like they're a failure because they haven't reached some mile marker or some goal line that someone made up a long time ago. What do you want out of life? What do you seek to put into the world? Those are the questions worth asking and answering yourself with or without a guidebook in tow. And that's this week's Extra Sugar.